Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show, is Mr. Gareth Badeau with two businesses, East Meets West Martial Arts Academy and GDC Fitness. Gareth, what, what's going on, my man? How are you today? Hey, thanks for having us on, Joe. I am. I'm excited to dig into this. I got to ask all of the questions that I was excited to ask before we started our conversation, but I think there's a lot of context to be explained here. So for our listeners, Gareth, before we venture down the business route and what you do day to day as as the steward of these businesses, give us a quick description of both East meets West as well as GDC. What are these things and what are we going to talk about? Cool. So East Meets West is my martial arts, my sport kickboxing um, facility business. I am I'm second generation on that. It was opened by my father around about 30 years ago. I did martial arts from when I was three years old, born into the business, trained, trained up until my teen years, took a bit of a hiatus. Um, and then I came back in about 18, 19 and started training shortly after I became a coach. Shortly after that, as my dad started aging and it was getting more the physical aspect was taken over. Uh, we became business partners. I proved myself in that respect. And then um, from there on, that's what we've been doing. Um, and my JDC Fitness is a, probably from what I've learned from coming, when I took my hiatus, I ballooned in weight. So I had to figure out the ins and outs of the fitness industry and nutrition. And my so I became a personal trainer to pass on the lessons I learned there because it's quite a bit of a minefield in terms of myths and facts in the fitness industry. So I've got my martial arts, which is mainly kids-focused, but we do teach adults. And then my personal training, my JDC Fitness, which is my personal training, and a couple of fitness classes in there as well. Yeah. And so plenty for us to dig into. There's a lot yeah. of different layers and aspects of this. You kind of alluded to the timeline and, and your involvement with all of this, but bring me back to the moment you said that I became re-involved. When was that and, and how long have we been working on these things? Um, so probably about 15 years ago now, um, I got back involved as a coach 15, 16 years ago. And then probably about five years into that, um, so about 10 years ago, I took over as like a partner in the business and started trying to build the business. Things were going really well, um, a lot of money in the bank, and then COVID hit, and a lot of tr- they, they took a nosedive into COVID. So the past two years has been about survival and rebuilding my name in the local community, bringing in new students. Yeah, and so COVID was a piece of this. I think everyone that I've ever spoken to in the UK is sick of talking about COVID. You guys had it <laughs> far worse than even we had it. And I'm in New York. We had pretty yeah. pretty stringent lockdowns, but three different lockdowns over in the UK. Yeah. I, don't, I won't drag you through that time again, Gareth, but at least here, looking back, ignoring COVID, what's been your favorite part about running these businesses? And what's been the toughest part for you about running these businesses? My favorite part is the interaction, the people I work with. I've got such a vast scale. My martial art, 
kids from three year old and I've got kids who I who are well, I've got a twenty one year old who's trained with us since he was four year old. And I've got about five or six kids who are ten and sixteen who trained with us for a decade now. So they've that's been them grow up as people and as athletes. I've trained over twenty five world champions. Um so that's been massive for us. And then the personal the personal fitness is again the people, the vast majority of people. Um the hardest part has been learning to become a business owner. See, mm-hmm. I can be a martial arts coach to 30 to 100 people, stand in front of a room. I can train, I can fight, I can do everything I need to do in that respect. Personal training, I can design everything for a client. I can train anybody on any level. Um, but I had absolutely no idea what was in store for us as a business owner. You yeah. are accountant you are advertising <laughs> you are you are everything you you, you are ceo yeah. and head janitor at the same yeah. time i think my biggest lesson over definitely over the past 18 months has been it has to be about building teams and you can't do it all yourself like you can't, no, you can't. that that is the next step for the martial artist to start creating the team i was under the impression that People, I, I know people trained and did, when I took time out, they didn't train, they wanted to train with me. But you, it's not even from an ego place, it's from a fear of losing them if you're not there. But you've got to learn that, yeah, they need to train from other people as well. I think that's that's certainly far from exclusive to a Gareth problem, that's an industry yeah. problem. People, I, everybody that listens to this podcast knows exactly what it is that you're talking about, by the way. So I don't think you're alone in that boat. Um, it can be a challenge, right? Nobody grows up, even if you've always wanted to be in the fitness industry, nobody even thinks about the fact that so much of your time will be behind a laptop, managing your books on Facebook, posting it every hour of the day, whatever it happens to be. I used Some to love things... social media until I got a business. <laughs> Before that, sure. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I think it's it's normal. I'm sure you know more today than you did all of those years ago, right? I'm sure you yeah. picked up a thing or two along the way. Let's kind of just explore different aspects of this from the business standpoint and, and see what's worked and what hasn't for you from a, a marketing standpoint or just getting people into the, the academy in the first place. Walk us through that. What has gone well? How Where have we found success? And what have we tried that didn't go as well as you would have hoped? I think the oldest method is best method, and that's always word of mouth. Um, friends and family bringing other friends and family in, or people, workmates, schoolmates, college mates, that sort of thing. I think them. I think that will always be the strongest form of marketing. Um, I think next up is obviously social media, where everything is kind of yeah. thing. For local businesses, my bread and butter has always been Facebook um, over Instagram or anything else for getting the local community in. I think it's it's much far, it's much deeper reaching. Yeah. And so somewhat twofold, and I don't even know if I would really delineate those. I think word of mouth and social media in 2022, a lot of the time are the same thing, right? A lot of the yeah, time how we but, communicate yeah, That's is, a hell of a way to look at it, definitely. A lot of the time, 
word of mouth becomes social media, social media becomes word of mouth. And, and it's so easy to, to tag your friends, to like a post, to share with, like you said, your mother, your father, your brother, whoever it is, coworker, friend. And that's how we've extend, expended the business so far. Let me ask you this, having struggled to learn the business side of the industry, did you at any point in your tenure here put money into advertising on social media or has this all been organic so far? Um, bit of both. I think I am, I've run a lot of ads that have failed and I still run a lot of ads that have failed. Some, some hit the mark absolutely incredible and will come back. Um, I have just invested in a Meta ad course to learn a bit more about it. Obviously, the algorithm yeah. changes and niche marketing and everything else in there. Yeah. So, well, that's what I was going to say is like, even <laughs> what worked six months ago is not what works today. And what works today is not going to work six months from now. Yeah, so. slightest changes in the algorithm and they ain't saying nothing. And I think the same with ads, the change of the ads so, so very often and how the ads work. So just keeping on top of that, keep educating yourself in that sort of respect and finding new ways. And I think there's a lot of trial and error. Run low-level ads at a low price see what the traction's like, up the price on it to get a bigger traction on that. That seems yeah. to how yeah. I've done it. And so some things have gone well, some haven't. Standard to our industry and our business. Yeah. Take me to the next step here, Gareth, at least in, in the martial arts academy, because this is probably a more defined process. When someone reaches out, they're interested in, in coming and training in some capacity. Walk me through what a sales process would look and feel like. Who are they speaking with? What's that conversation about? What are they actually signing up for? Tell us all of it. Um, it's usually to me. So 90% of the messages will be through Facebook or a phone call, which is usually directed to myself. Um, and then it'll be what day is the train? Um, what type of martial arts is it? And obviously the big question always is how much. Um, so what I usually do is have a conversation. Who's the, who's the training for? How many family members? Um, what is it looking to get out of the training? Is it do they want to compete? Do they want to do it for fitness? Um, are they just doing it for a hobby? Um, and then I'll get them in for a few trial sessions. Like no obligation, no pushy sales. I don't. I don't want to be the person who is pushing for sales and stuff. So they come along. We teach it a various amount of ways with different instructors, different things each week. So. Uh, each session sometimes so take a week take two weeks make sure you're happy before signing on the dotted line that you want to train um and we we try to still stay with being people over profit even though we are trying to build a business we are still it is a family business and it's a family martial arts center we want to keep the integrity and not just be like you need to start there is an admin signing fee and then you've got to have this suit and these gloves and well, there is a lot of places that do that, I and mean, we have we get them in and make sure that's something they want to do before they sign up and start paying us anything. I want to highlight that for a minute because I think that's a really, really important aspect here. Gareth and I had the chance to to take a look at the population of the area that you're in, and it's about nineteen thousand people. We need to be really, really deliberate about what we do as a business, especially in a smaller locality like this, because word travels fast for positive things. Word travels way faster for negative things. We need to be 
holding the line of integrity at every step of the way. You mentioned people over profits. I think that the fitness industry, for the most part, relies on that, right? If we think of this kind of spectrum of helping people is on one side and just making profits is on one side. All of the businesses that I speak to, the most successful ones are somewhere in the middle, right? We need to pull influences from both sides of that as well. And so I think you hit the nail on the head and it makes sense given the market, given the business model that we're in. How do, like, what do people sign up for? What's the actual product of this? Are we buying sessions? Are we buying a monthly membership? Tell us a little bit about the actual so we we set up on um, monthly subscription on how many sessions they want to do a week. We we're open Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. With our mainstream classes being Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, it's five pound a session for a for a client. We do a twenty five percent discount for any immediate family member. Um, so if a brother and a sister were joining the second person will get a 25% discount on their subscription per class. If they're training three days a week, they get the Tuesday class, which is our dedicated fighting class. They get that for free. Because um, we, again, people before profit, I'd rather have a load of people coming in four times a week than somebody coming in once a week. And that's going to create quality outcomes from them. Um, we charge on a four-weekly basis. So people pay they charge for weekly, but they pay monthly. Mm-hmm. So with that model, we every 12 weeks, they get a free week of training, which is which that allows us to build free clothes if we need to. So the two weeks over, Christmas, over the Christmas time and the new year, we can close for two weeks. And that that is being covered. They don't, we don't need to refund anybody. The payment uh-huh. will come in as regular. Um, and it leaves us two weeks with it being a family business for either a vacation or if the fight, we, we took fighters all over the world. We fought in Canada, Italy, Portugal. We can close the academy and still have an income coming in because we're saying this comes out of your, the, the sessions that you get for free. Yeah. I think that is a really interesting way to look at this because so many gym owners or studio owners like this that I speak with 10 years in running a business have never taken a vacation because they feel like they have to be open all the time. You guys set this up from the beginning as we're people too. We're going to close down at times. We're going to not be around. And I think like it's, it's sad that two weeks is like enough to keep you sane as a business owner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I took that same business model of how I charge people to my personal training clients as well. Um, so I just keep a record and I'm like, look, if you've been with me for X amount of time from Christmas, I'm taking that week off between Christmas and New Year. That's one of the three weeks that you've accrued. If you haven't been, you will only pay this month this month. And that's allowed me to take time off and not be like, I haven't got an income for the next week. It's it's funny that that's so impressive and surprising, but I think that that should be employed more often as a business model. Take us to the next step again here, Gareth. Hypothetically, somebody signs up, we have a new member. What do you guys focus on most to retain that person? How are we keeping them as long as we possibly can? 
fun and challenging and like that's martial arts. So there's always there's always the next level. There's always something more new stuff to try, fancy cake, um, competing and then for my students who've got long tenure with us, that what do you want from it next? Like you've hit your black belt, what do you want to do? Do you wanna do you wanna coach? Do you wanna teach? Do you wanna be a fight coach? And we hopefully develop in the next Gareth Beddles who can rather than there be one of me with six hats, I can have six of me with a single hat and they, they can take over and I can sit back and reap the benefits from there. Yeah. Okay. So our whole conversation so far, Gareth, has essentially been, what have you done in the past? I want to kind of shift gears and, and speak on the future and your plans and your ideas here. We've been involved in the business, like you said, 10 or 15 years. We've been doing this a long time, but where do you see the future of these things, East meets West, as well as GDC? What's your goal as you move forward with all of this? Um, for the East meets West, I would love it to become where it was heading pre-COVID. I know we're not going to talk into COVID, but where it was heading financially that way. Um, I want to offer the jobs. I want to be in a position where I'm financially sustainable for the business, that I am, but also be able to hire more, be able to employ staff, give jobs to the teenagers who've been with us for 10 plus years. There's not a lot of prospects out in our area. And you, you can see it in the local area, shops shutting, local businesses closing down, the high street doesn't exist around here. Um, it's a very, very low income area. So if I could give, if I could give other people the opportunities I've had, martial arts definitely saved my life and changed my life around. So if I could give it to, the, to other people to do it, and if that was financially stable, I wouldn't need to do as much personal training as well on the, on the other side. But I could also choose to choose to do which ones I want to yeah. do with that. Yeah, it's almost like one one problem solves the other. So, right? yeah. If we can, we can knock balance. down this first domino, then everything starts to flow from there. It inevitably, I think, it becomes a marketing issue, which we already said is <laughs> is a tough, tough time in our industry, but uh, one that everybody deals with nonetheless. Now. Big picture, this thing with me, you mentioned kind of short term, getting more people in to get back to pre-COVID numbers, hiring some staff, taking a step back yourself and being a little bit more choosy with the personal training time that we spend. Beyond all of that, for example, we're back to pre-COVID numbers, things are going well, we've got a staff in place. Where do you want to go longer term here, Gareth? What's... Is there a, a vision in mind that you would like to accomplish? We're in a very small facility at the moment. Um, big picture would be a big top-notch facility. Something where I've got my martial arts floor in a bigger capacity, but also having a gym floor, like that would be, that's the big picture. Even a couple of satellite more. What I've got now I sat like small offices, uh, small dojos further afield um, in one big main central hub. That would be big picture. Yeah. It's a fun conversation. And, and even years and years into running a business, it's always good to, to kind of center in on 
where we want to take this whole thing so we can figure out what we need to do today to to reverse engineer that. We're running a bit shy on time here, Gareth, but I want to spend at least a few minutes to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn more about these. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go to find out about both of these businesses? Um, so for the JDC Fitness, it's literally just jdcfitness.co.uk. Um, okay. For the East Meets West, it is the initial, so it would be emwbba.com. Straightforward um, enough. If you want to find me personally, you can just put gaz.jdcfitness.co.uk and that will take you to my link tree and it's got all my links on there for the find it. All right. Connect with Gareth and the team on all of those platforms that he just mentioned. Gareth, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate yeah your willingness to, to give a look behind the scenes into how these things function and, and what you're thinking about as the owner of this to move the needle as the game continues on. Now, I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you guys are, are just kind of getting your stride post-COVID and can start to build into the future again. Oh, I'm to so get more momentum now. <laughs> we're getting the momentum, that's for sure. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for your willingness to come on here and, and I no, wish thank you, you for the invest. Absolute privilege. Been really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show are Andrew and John from Dauntless Fitness in, the United, in Gateshead, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you both doing today? Good. Thanks Good for having us. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. Of course, it's a pleasure to meet you both too. And I'm very excited to learn more about Dauntless Fitness and what you guys are doing there. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business side of things, I'm curious, you know, when you guys first established this business back in 2020, what was the vision you guys had in mind for it? Um, vision, I would say to start with is um, we wanted a place where people could come to train, we'll have the the best hour of the day. It was a good, good culture, good, um, good atmosphere, good community, and just have a have a good space. Um, we were focused more on, on that than the actual. Um, like we weren't trying to, wasn't a, a scheme to get rich or anything like that. We just wanted to um, take that next step into gym ownership and create a good community, which I think we're, we're well on our way to do. Andrew? Yeah, um, we just, we were, we, were, we were really trying to, I guess, build a gym that we wanted to be members of. Um, that shaped a lot of our, that shaped a lot of our decision-making process. You know, we'd both been 
worked and trained at various different gyms by the time we actually opened and none of them ever quite fitted really what we wanted mm-hmm. uh, and also both of us being in the fitness industry you know you are limited to how far you can progress um you know as a personal trainer or as a crossfit coach like i was um without without you know making a step into something else or owning your own gym so um those were i'd say the the overriding feelings behind doing it yeah okay so mainly you guys wanted to have a facility in your area where you both wanted to go because some other facilities around weren't what you wanted and obviously you guys have some experience not being a gym owner you guys were you know trainers and such like that so you're like hey you know the next progression for this is to become a gym owner and here you guys are um so i'm curious you know for the listeners understanding of who you guys are and what it is that you guys do why don't you give them your elevator pitch so what kind of services do you offer to your clients um First and foremost, I would say we're a CrossFit gym. So our CrossFit affiliate name is CrossFit Blading. So I'd say that's our kind of bread and butter. Um, so we run group classes, um, usually I would say averaging 10 to 12 people, some classes more, some less. Um, we're also a personal training gym. So we have five or six PTs working out of our gym, either doing one-to-one small group coaching, um, we also run um, some CrossFit kids classes out the gym and we are available as a, like an open gym. So we'll have some like weightlifters come down um, some people that just come down and do their own thing that aren't too bothered about doing the class. Okay. So mainly the group, the one-on-one and the open gym there. So I'm curious, you know, how many people are you guys serving at the facility right now? I think we've got just my head, I could check the numbers before I came on this, but I think I think we've got about 175, 180 um people paying like regular monthly membership. Mm-hmm. Drop-ins on top of that and PT clients. I don't actually have numbers on that because the individual mm-hmm. PT sort of work is self-employed outside the you know, inside the gym rather. So quite how many clients they're seeing on a weekly basis. Or monthly mm-hmm. basis, I'm not sure, but yeah, we're sitting, we're sitting, we try and sit between that 150 and 200 mark, closer to 200, the better these days. Um, okay, so 175 to 180 right now. So I'm curious, you know, is that somewhere you guys want to stop at, or eventually bring in some more people and get to that 200 mark? I think we're judging from the the class numbers, we were we're want to push it to, more towards the 200 mark mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of played it by ear because especially when we we're coming out of covid like our classes were pretty full with a lot less members than we've got um yeah. when the gym was one of the only places you could go um so from the amount of members we had to the class numbers we were quite a high percentage and that's definitely dropped off so um, time of year as well. I think um, this was the summer. If we're having 200 people in, like what we don't want is the classes to be overcrowded and the members mm-hmm. not get good service. So I think, as Andrew said, if we, we're fluctuating um, and we've, we've put a cap on memberships before when things mm-hmm. have been a bit too tight. Um, so we would be willing to do that again if, again, if we feel like the service is kind of suffering because of it. 
So what is the size of the facility? Like what's the square footage roughly? Uh, the whole building is, I think we're, we're looking at around 4,000 square feet. Uh, okay. Slightly, maybe a little bit more. I know the whole building, the building's divided. We don't use the whole building for the CrossFit. Um, and then some of it's got, you know, bits of like storage and stuff that we don't use either. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we run, we, we cap the classes. We generally cap the classes at 20 people yep. in a class. Um, the 6 a.m. one runs a little bit bigger yes. um, just because the open, there's no one in for open gym at 6 a.m. in the morning in general or not mm-hmm. enough to make a difference. So it can sort of expand and use the full, the full gym. But yeah, we don't, we don't ever want to get to the stage where, we're getting we're having members we're losing members because we've got too many members mm-hmm. you know it seems counterproductive to get to that point where you have to put the work in to get so many and then and then they can only get on three classes a week or or they can't get to the, the two classes a day that they, they can actually do if, they, if they've got tight time slots or whatever mm-hmm. um so we, we try and sort of keep our finger on the pulse with that and make sure that um we're not getting past that point yeah so what i'm hearing is like you guys don't want to get so many people where the service is completely diluted and the members don't like it. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, continue. I was just going to say, it just seems a bit pointless getting to that stage. Like, I know it looks like on paper, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll get another 20 members in. But then you might lose 10 of your longer standing members off the back of that, which mm-hmm. then is a backward step for your community and all that sort of thing. So, um, our approach is to try and try not to lose any of our existing members over bringing new ones in. That's always the priority is to keep your, keep the existing mm-hmm. ones rather than just bring fresh ones in. Okay. So guys, I'm curious here, you know, for the listeners and, you know, understanding of what you guys want to do with this thing, you know, what is the goal in mind for the next year or so for the facility? I'd say build from what we've done. Like, um, we've done a lot of improvements towards the gym. Like one of the things we, we do focus on is Andrew just mentioned is like retention. Um, we put out a survey every couple of months um, and ask our members to like rate our service. So if if we're keeping a high retention of members, we're getting um, a high score when we do these surveys. Um, we're not in particular looking to get too many more members more keep the members we've got Mm. we are introducing a price increase this year which will be the the first one since covid and um we would only do this as i said it's not it's not um it's not just a way to just juice more money out of the memberships it's more just what we how we value the gym as the like massively improved it since we first opened. Um, so we've got the price increase, um, membership, uh, sorry, member retention, member happiness, and hopefully add in um, a physio slash treatment room or a partnership with another business um, at some point. Andrew? Yeah, not really. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um... I think just expand more on what Johnny said. Really, I think I think a good goal for this year. We haven't we haven't really sat down and sort of written anything down like we have in previous years. But mm-hmm. I think a good goal to have um, that would stick with our sort of ethos is it'd be nice to have a little bit more equipment in a few areas. But mm-hmm. then 
if we could get another 12 months of solid community building under our belt, you know, we've got quite a substantial proportion of our membership base has you know, been with us like one or two years, considering we haven't even been open three years yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we could keep all of those, aim to keep sort of all those sorts of members and it just, it really just cements the community that a little bit more, um, and I think makes life easier from a business point of view further mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah, so it sounds like retention is the main, you know, focal point here going into 23. So I'm curious, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. What is the plan to retain those members all year? Get you guys thinking here. Well, we we started something, what was it about? It's probably about a year ago where we aim to have what we call it like a monthly engagement. Um, so every month we aim to do something that engages the members beyond just coming in and doing gym classes. Mm. Um, and it, and, it, and we try and vary it. So it's not, you know, because so, we have got a, we've, you know, we've got a variety of members, you know, we've got young, like students, young professionals, and mm. then to, you know, like mums, dads, um, a few older members who are potentially mm. even grandparents, you know, like, the, and then, so we've got different dynamics going on. Um, we try and do something each month that engages the members in some way that just keeps them keeps them wanting to be part of the community not just you know not just a member of a gym in inverted commas so some of it's like competition based like we run you know little in-house competitions two or three times a year other things um is like nights out which again sort of maybe some of the younger members enjoy that some of the more social members enjoy that we do We've done other things. We've done activities in the gym. Like it all just try and every month we just try and do something because we always think that if a member's happy, you know, like they've just had a really good time doing, enjoy, get engaging in one of these activities, engaging with their friends. If they're happy today, they're probably not going to lo- move or leave in the next three months mm-hmm. if something goes wrong. Say they get injured or something and they can't come in or, or whatever. Like nothing's probably going to push them over the edge. So if mm-hmm. we can try and keep people engaged every month two months three months because not everything appeals to everyone but as long as if they're really happy today they're probably not going to leave in that you know that that short period afterwards mm-hmm. so we just try and keep putting these things on um to keep that like oh yeah i really enjoyed being part of darkness that day i really enjoyed doing those mm-hmm. things okay john yeah just to build on what andrew said um just some specifics we like we're we're running a <clears throat> challenge in January, um, a calorie challenge. So we'll, we'll get all the um, gym members to hopefully get involved just on whatever machine they want, trying throughout the months, burn mm-hmm. as many, well, using like the, the ergs, the concept two ergs and, and whatnot, get as many calories as they can and mm-hmm. like a platinum, gold, silver, bronze awards for certain targets. And um, we'll do like a, a lifestyle challenge um, so we use like WhatsApp groups as, as well and try and have different coaches and stuff to take the leads on it. And again, mm-hmm. it just gets more people involved and um, kind of into integrating with people that they don't always see. So we find that the people that do leave the gym, um, it's generally if they, if they haven't kind of got to know, like if people are a little bit more shy, they might not have got to know as many people people that tend to stay um, longer as well when they become part of that community. So it's just trying to think of ways to get people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, we've just had a, a winter competition, call it the pick and mix, where we, 
have different events throughout the day, but we just pull names out of a hat. Um, so we might have teams of two, teams of three, and mm. there's a lot of people in partner workouts who pick people that they know, whereas this one, mm-hmm. um, we put people in random teams and get people, again, meet people that you might not meet, they might do different classes, and just a lot of, a lot of things like that to try and bring that community together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So guys, I have a a deep question here. Um, You know, since we are talking about retention and plans moving forward to increase that, you know, customer engagement, on average, how many people are dropping off from the membership? Because I want you guys to think about this. Because no gym business is always maintaining like that number. There's always 10% falling off. Well, that one. Oh, I don't. I used to track all the metrics, but our gym manager doesn't now. Um, <laughs> it was. We, we generally, I'm trying to think back when I did it, I think we used to lose about 3% a month. Mm-hmm. That'd be about right. I think so, yeah. It, it is generally it's quite low. Um, yeah. we, we run a trial month, mm-hmm. which is like a half-price month, including the fundamentals. Um so it's a little higher in that trial month. Mm. Um, people are just, they might not know if they like CrossFit or not. Once we get through that first month, it is a pretty low um, low um, turnover, how many how many we actually lose, mm. which is, yeah. it is something that we focus on Three, a lot. Once people get through their third month, so then from like four, five, six onwards, it's very, very low. Um, mm. And some of that, I know it doesn't really make a difference, a lost member is a lost member, but but a, a lot of those longer ones, it is, it is for reasons like, you know, work, like they've had to move to a different part of the country or they've split with their partner and then they've moved, you know. They're, they're, so there is, there is there, that then makes up quite a high proportion of those who have been here longer that we then do lose. Um, mm. Like after that first three months, we do actually have a really good, I can't remember the exact figures, but we do have a really good, I mean, it does change, it is dual changing because, um, obviously we've not been open that long so we have you know we have members who have been members since we opened and things all that, that first summer um, and it's sort of all the all the numbers get a bit skewed because they're not that's not had a chance to have a natural life cycle and things like we yeah. might find that people don't generally stay longer than four years but because we've not been open four years yet you're um, able to track that and see the numbers there yeah um, so what do you guys do to get new people in for those people who eventually drop off from marketing. What do you guys do there? Um, it's, it's generally Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we share on Facebook as well. I mean, we can, it's, it's pretty simple to just do the same post on, on both, but most people do come through Instagram mm-hmm. or word of mouth. Um, so on Instagram, we usually, um, usually post a couple, a couple of times a week. It's not, we're, we're not, um, we're not really, um, like we don't hammer the Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely could do more in, in that regard. We do have a referral scheme as well. Cause as we mentioned, um, a lot of like, if, if people have friends at the gym, they're a lot more likely to stay. So finding people's friends to join anyway, um, we thought it would be a good route and we get some people through that where we give a we give the members if if they're the person they referred 
stays for three months, then that member gets a, a free month mm-hmm. um, membership. So um, those are the, the main two two areas. We also we'll have um, an email list, which we will sometimes um, send things out to, but it's not uh, it's not as it's not as good as um, Instagram. And we've we've done paid advertisements um, a couple of times, but we find like org- organic tends to work better. And running um, like share competitions with the gym members, we've done that a few times. We've got another one coming up where we we offer free like free gym apparel to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Or you go on a raffle draw to win free gym apparel. Mm-hmm. Or the one we're doing um, this week is give a free free knock or free protein shake to everyone in the gym that shares our post. Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it's more likely if for someone that sees their friend goes there already than just a random person seeing a, a paid ad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's mainly on the Instagram and Facebook there, some word of mouth as well. Um, I heard that you said that like organic is better than paid advertising. So I'm curious, why do you think that? Um, I mean, it's more just what we've, I would say, on on just our past couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. It's maybe probably to do with how social media works, isn't it? Um, to a certain extent, I think if you're, if you're a fitnessy person and the sort of person who's probably likely to join Dauntless and enjoy it, it's probably more a sort of thing you'll stumble or, or the, the algorithms will push your way in general, I think mm-hmm. when, you, when you pay for it, so it's going to be then spread to a much wider population. Um, those people are maybe like, like, I don't know, what to say, it's like maybe like a watered down like population, maybe mm-hmm. the best way of phrasing it. Because um, we find that generally when we've done that, isn't it, the, 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 the number of people coming in and doing the trial month or the trial two weeks that we used to do, um, the, the success rate off the back of that is lower when it's paid promotion versus organic promotion. Um, mm. So organic promotion, you mean organic, you know, found organically. Um, that's just, that's just something we've found. I don't know if it's just yeah. to do with how social media works, like I say, or, or not, or maybe I've. And I, I think it, it's, it's hard to know um, exactly without tracking it, all of the metrics, but mm. a lot of people that they, they follow us, um, for a while and then we put a post out and one of our followers that wasn't a member will then um sign up on the back of that mm-hmm. so we may it may have been when we have done some of these paid ads before that that was the initial that was the initial um sort of kicker to follow us and then mm-hmm. one of our organic posts after that has been the sort of the factor to get them over the line but I think going back to what we mentioned, that gyms, I find um, people will ask their friends quite often. Mm. Uh, scary places when you're not when you're not um, a general gym goer and you don't know anyone. Mm. So a lot of people will ask their friends and either come along with their friends or ask them where they go and then join on the back of that. So mm. I find it's another reason, I think, why the, the organic stuff work work better for us personally okay so john and andrew i have one final question before we hop off the podcast here um it's gonna be a tough question because it get, it's gonna get you thinking 
What do you guys think is the biggest bottleneck in the business right now that is holding you guys back from getting to that next level? Uh, I think no business is perfect. So yeah, I think trying to work out which one's the biggest bottleneck. That's the <laughs> now I, I think I would maybe say that we could probably we could probably improve our joining process. I think we're quite we're a gym that uh our base level is quite high. We don't generally do well with people who join, who are coming from uh, having not done fitness for, you know, however long, you know, like X amount of time. We do much better with people who are transferring from a different area of fitness, put it like that. Maybe they've been a runner for five years and mm. they're looking for something different, or maybe they've, you know, used to play football or, or soccer, you'll call it, um, they, you know, play soccer and want to retire from that and do something different or this, that, and the other, and they come in with a reasonable fitness base. Mm -hmm. um, we do much better with people like that. Our, our classes are generally quite hard. We push the members quite hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's all intentional because that's the, when we make these decisions, that's the sort of gym we want, want to mm -hmm. be. Um, but it does mean, I think, there's quite a lot of people who come in and because our joining process is quite short they do two what we call fundamental sessions where we basically go through um barbell movements in one and a little workout and then the like the gymnastic -y parts of crossfit and the other one again another little workout and then after that it's you you're into the classes um which a lot of people do find very tough and that's yeah. that first like month two months is is difficult um, even if you're reasonably fit when you start Mm -hmm. So I do, I do think that would probably that would probably help if we made an extended period where we maybe ease members in over more like six weeks mm -hmm. rather than two sessions. Um, it's not something we've we've ever chosen to do. Um, I think partly a bit because of time, space, and manpower issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because that's all extra coach sessions and things and. Um, and quite how you fit that in and then gym space as well because in the evening when the class is running at one end and then open gym is busy at the other end trying to get a, a group in um, mm -hmm. is tough so I think I think that that is one that is one area that we could potentially improve a lot if we if we if we wanted to John yeah agree agree with that um, I would say Having a, a, a more structured um, sort of sales funnel, if you like, um, to say we, we don't have a particular structure with the Instagram um, marketing. I think if we if we had a bit more of a structure, like have a set amount of posts we're going to do, have them more um, a bit more planned in advance, and also up, updating the website to make it run a bit more smoothly. Mm -hmm. um, it is one thing that we, because when we did join, we were on a pretty, when we did join, um, when we did open up, we were on a pretty tight budget and mm -hmm. um, we had my sister do our website, which she's done a good job, um, but it's <clears throat> um, it's getting a little bit outdated. And although we have made a few updates to it, I definitely think we could make that a, a bit of a smoother, smoother process and look a bit sleeker mm -hmm. um, going forward. Um, and to tie that in with the with the market, and I think will um will only help.
Okay. So what I'm hearing from both, you know, you and Andrew is the onboarding and sales processes. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which, is, which is the opposite of what we said when you asked us what our goals were for this next year, I realized, but uh... yeah, making you guys think here. So I'm curious, you know, let's just say you guys improve that onboarding and sales process. What's that going to do for you guys in the business? Well, I think if we, um, if we are targeting the, the right kind of member that we, that we want and hopefully we'll be bringing more people into um, the gym to build our community because we don't mm -hmm. want to be, we want, we, I think we've got a great, like don't really have an average member, but for the most part, our members really fit in um, well with what we want. The, um, like encourage other members everyone is on kind of the same page they want to come, come there for a good time so i think mm -hmm. if we can um, um so just keep the keep the members we've got and get them when we do lose members we kind of um replace them with more people with the same sort of um like values if you like mm -hmm. yeah i think i think uh obviously bringing people in you know, through social media, changing the process of that doesn't really have an impact on the community. But I think you potentially, if you if we extended that introductory period, I think it might actually integrate members quicker, which I know sounds backwards, keeping them out of the classes longer. But something that I've noticed is that because because we have quite a big proportion of our members that have been here quite a while, um, mm. the it maybe makes it a bit harder for new people to to integrate. Whereas if they're if they're kept with newer people longer, it gives them chance to sort of bond with that group before them being thrown in. Because you know, pretty much all our members, because it's not a very big gym, you know, like 150. We've mm -hmm. had you know, 150 members most of the time. It's only like these last like six six to 12 months. I'd say that it's grown out a bit bigger. That's enough for everyone to pretty much know who everyone is, especially when they've all been here a long time. So they all talk to each other and this, that, and the other. So the new person coming in, it does make it harder for them to integrate. So if we could, if we can integrate them with other new people, so they know, you know, by the end of like three weeks, they know five people well enough mm -hmm. to come in and chat to them. Um, Brings that, that community feel around so everyone knows who each other is. Yeah, probably integrates them a bit quicker than just throwing them in and everyone else talks to each other. And it's harder for the new people to get involved from that sense, but. Yeah. So, you know, main focus is the onboarding and sales process there to make sure that, you know, existing people are comfortable where they are. They love the community and also new people that come in, they're able to fit in with the community already. Uh, <clears throat> last question for you both, you know, go back to when you first opened this location. What is that one piece of advice that you'd give your younger self? Good question. Um, <clears throat> I would say maybe ex expected <laughs> to take a lot longer <laughs> and be a lot harder and a lot more money than you initially thought. Um, so yeah, it was like we had initially sport, like, oh, maybe like get another gym going once this one starts running itself <laughs> and then. Yeah, it's kind of not on the radar anytime soon just because, again, we're, we're in a pretty good spot, but 
it's still, yeah, there's still, it's, it, it, there's always something, something kind of going on. Um, and yeah, it's not, uh, definitely not as, I didn't think it was going to be easy, but it's definitely been more, more work, stress and, um, money than not what you expected. Yeah. Kind of, but just, I think with these things, you can never fully, fully like, you never kind of know until you're in the mix what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had something, something very similar, to be honest. Probably a bit more, more around sort of just, you know, just always do the right thing and it'll, it'll work out. Um, no, I'd say because I ever felt like I really did the wrong thing, but more just the peace of mind that, you know, keep making the keep making the right decisions even if it's not always the easy decision keep making the right decisions and and you know over time that that plays out in your favor um mm. johnny's very good for that sometimes when you know stuff happens and right we have to make a decision on this mm. i think i was always a bit tempted to just well we'll get away with doing it this way won't we uh, mm. johnny's always quite good at just saying you know always his compass is maybe a bit better than mine and you know we'll do it the right way and it works out right so um, yeah so doing the right thing and and uh going in it going into it expecting that it's going to be harder than you initially thought yeah yeah, yeah i would say those things and yeah it seems to like what we said like it, it has it has worked out um i would i would, I would class what we like been successful um and it's still early days as well in terms of um how long we've been there and obviously with it with all the covid we've we've only been fully out of it for a year or so and um i think what we've done's um worked well so far okay awesome well guys thank you guys for hopping on the podcast today uh it was a great Thanks time speaking with you both uh, but before we, you know, sign off, can you share your, you know, socials and website so our listeners can find you on the internet? So the gym Instagram is dauntlessfitness uh, underscore CFB mm-hmm. and website dauntlessfitness.co.uk and Facebook, I think it's just dauntless, dauntless fitness. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that, John. And everyone else who did tune in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. 
double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Stuart Roper from Armageddon Fit out of Sunderland, UK. Welcome to the show, Stu. How are you today? I'm very good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you on. Um, before we dive into the business, um, first, tell us about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Um, my journey started, I actually started kickboxing before I started um, training. Uh, and I worked with my coach, Barry Gibson of Grapple Fit m- many years ago. Um, and it was through working with him and the training I was doing with him, I thought that's what I want to do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started getting into the strength and conditioning side of it and um, got my qualifications. And at the time, got made redundant. I was working in the banking industry. So I got made redundant the second time uh, from a bank and thought, right, I'm just going to open a gym. Yeah. And that was 2010. And kind of never looked back that's awesome yeah do you still incorporate kickboxing in your gym now yes we do we've got a kickboxing uh, school in like inside the academy awesome awesome yeah tell us about the gym itself so give us kind of like your elevator pitch like how do you describe it to someone who's never been in before um we're a strength and conditioning academy the we we essentially teach people how to get into shape how to stay in shape and how to train correctly that's ultimately what we do. That's our goal. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so how many members do you have part of the gym now? Uh, I think at the minute we've got about 150. Sweet. Um, but that, that kind of took a dive um, during the pandemic because we, we were closed for 10 months during 2020. So that affected us quite harshly. Yeah, definitely. I know in the UK you had to shut down a lot longer than we did here over in the US. Um, tell me about your marketing. How do you get people in the door, um, especially in this post-COVID time? Our, um, our biggest factor to get people in is word of mouth. Most, most of our clients come through uh, come to us because they, they know they've got friends or family that train with us already. Um, and then outside of that, it's social media, um, advertising campaigns, Facebook and Instagram. Gotcha. Um, so as far as social media advertising goes, is it organic or do you you know, pay to run ad campaigns through social media? We'll have um, paid ads for a few weeks in the run-up to some of our courses. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, uh, our current clients share our content and, and, and that's where we get a lot of new clients from. They've seen like our posts or our adverts on their friends' walls. Yeah, definitely. What would you say is like um, the more consistent way of getting people in? Would you say you get more from word of mouth or through you know paid advertising uh, word of mouth our biggest our biggest um, provider like definitely so sweet um so once someone's you know interested in the gym maybe they've you know clicked on an ad or they've called what's the next step in the process um how do you train them from you know like a lead to uh, a paying member um just well i've got a sales background when i when i left school i, I was um in electrical retail and sales so i'm uh, so i understand how to explain things um but in terms of the packages that we offer it's predominantly just explain to the client what the the course or the package entails but more importantly what it's going to do for them 
those matching like the features of our courses with the benefit for them. That's awesome that you have a sales background. I feel like a lot of people get into the fitness industry and that's kind of what they're missing. Um, is they're really great fitness professionals, but they're missing some of that business or that sales side. Um, yes. So do you do all the selling or do any of like your employees, trainers, coaches do selling as well? Um, it's, it's predominantly me, but both my, I've got two sons who work with me, who, who run the gym as well with me. So they do, they get a, a, quite a lot of clients in as well. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, so are your trainers responsible for, you know, going out and sourcing their own, their own clients or do they kind of, you know, just everyone benefits from the advertising and word of mouth that you do? Everyone benefits from it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. So how do you keep a member long-term? So once they're a lead, once they've, you know, chosen a package, they've become a member. Um, how do you make sure you retain that client um, long-term? Ultimately, it's down to customer service. Uh, well, first and foremost, it's the results that they get. If, if they get results, then they're, they're more likely to stay. Um, but within the fitness industry, it's the, the, the customer service side of it. Like our clients absolutely love coming at the gym and they love training. They love that, that I don't know, three hours, however many times they're in. They love how it makes them feel, if they can forget about their life for, for that hour. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what keeps them coming back, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. I think that's important, providing them a service that they can't find anywhere else. Um, yes. so it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you have a, a great business going. What are your goals for the future? You know, where do you see the gym three to five years from now? Um, my, my, my immediate goal is to get the gym back to like pre-pandemic numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm hoping to achieve that over the next year. Uh, I've got something in line regarding the, the kickboxing side of the academy. Um, that I'm trying to get into fruition over the next couple of months. And if that happens, then that's going to expand it quite uh, quite significantly. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, tell me more about that if you can. What's your plan for, for getting more people in, um, especially in the kickboxing side? The, the, the kickboxing side of it, I'm actually in contact with uh, another co uh, kickboxing coach from um, down south. He's a very reputable, one of the best coaches in the in the country, to be fair. Um, and I'm hoping to set something up with him to work alongside him um, and his club, which is going to generate us a lot of uh, new leads and um, give us much more exposure in the area as well. Definitely. Yeah. Have you considered also, you know, running more digital ads or paid advertising to really get the word out and, and get back to those pre-COVID numbers? Yeah, well, we do, we do that currently. Like I say, we... Um, if we have like a, a new course starting or a new class, I've actually got three adverts running on uh, Facebook and Instagram at the minute. One for a strength course, one for me pay a monthly course and one for the kickboxing. Um, and they'll all sort of come to fruition end of, end of December. So obviously looking for the new year starters. Yeah, I think um, now, now is a crucial time to run those ads because we're getting this, those new year's people coming in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so um, you have the social media ads now. How many leads would you say come in per week um, from an ad campaign? This one hasn't been great. I'm going to have to change the um, like the, the wording and the lead, uh, some of who it's approaching to because there's something changed on Facebook now. So a lot of, a lot of people opt out of the targeted ads. So it's, it's harder now than it was a year ago to get like uh, the same number of leads mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of um changing who like who you kind of aiming the 
aiming the adverts at or more so who gets to see the advert you know yeah i think facebook is so tricky they're always changing like their algorithms and and who to target what to put in the ad what font to make it is always always changing and it's hard um when you're wearing so many different hats to keep up with marketing and training and being a you know customer service um yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. What all do you do in a day as a business owner? Um, do you train clients? Do you do more just yeah. the business side? Uh, I, I train clients full time, um, sort of fit the fitness side of it and kickboxing. Um, I'm actually I'm fighting for a European title in February as well, so I'm still competing myself. Um, but yeah, um, work work full time training people like with the group classes and and personal training sessions. Awesome. Yeah. What are your goals um, going forward? You know, you mentioned you're, you're fighting as well. Um, would you like to be, you know, less in the business, training less um, and working on the business on the outside more? Um, yeah. you know, where, where do you see yourself as the gym grows? My, my goal is to work as few hours as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've got a couple of ways of getting that into fruition, like over the next couple of years and that in uh, it goes back to getting the numbers back up to where I, where they were uh, mm. pre-COVID. And um, once I get me group classes, let me pay monthly classes up to a certain number, and reduce the number of one-to-ones that I have to do. Mm. So that's the the goal is to do more of the group group classes and courses, and less like personal training. So and ultimately work less hours. Yeah, I think that that's a good goal. You know, if you can get people into a group or a semi-private, you can make you know, more money, train more people in a shorter amount of time rather than, you know, all those people spread out into one-on-ones. So, um, so yeah. that's really smart. Um, so what would you say is like the biggest challenge or bottleneck that you're facing in the business now um, that's preventing you from, from getting those numbers back up? Currently, we're in um, a pretty bad recession in the UK. Mm-hmm. Like the cost of living has gone up. Inflation has just gone up 3.5%. Um, gas and electricity are... Absolutely um, extortionate. Food prices has gone up, so it's the the amount of money people have to, to invest, and a lot of people will choose to forego their the health to, to save for other things. And um, so, very few people go out. Like the leisure industry in in general, um, has taken a massive hit just because people don't have the money to. To, well, to do things outside of work or shopping, you know? Yeah, definitely. Have you seen more, like, cancellations this month um, due to the, the recession? December's been, this month has been probably our worst month on record in 12 years. Um, largely down to the recession, there's quite a few people are losing their jobs or having their hours cut. But um, illness this month is the amount of different illnesses like chest infections, colds, flus, things like that that's going around. It's people are a lot more poorly this month than they would be usually. Yeah. I, yeah. You're definitely not alone in that. Um, I talked to a lot of UK owners and even over here, um, you know, costs are going up as well. And, and it, yeah. it has been hard um, for a lot of gym owners. And I feel it's kind of our job as like an industry to, to show people that their health matters now as well. Um, and even beyond physical health, like for mental health, um, fitness is, is crucial now as well. Yeah, We do, because I, I suffer with, or have suffered with anxiety, depression, and PTSD, so I'm um, kind of an exact, like I know exactly how much 
exercise and, and eating better helps your mental health. So that we've like a couple a lot of the programs that we do, we do kind of mention the benefits like you get mentally from training, like sort of a healthy body, healthy mind kind of um attitude. And that does carry over quite a lot. Um, and, and we get people feeling much better for coming yeah. to train. Yep, I totally agree. I think that's that's super crucial. Um, just to educate our, our clients that it's more than just physical health, it's more than just weight loss. Um, there are so many reasons to be in the gym and to definitely. And you asked earlier, um, as well, how do we keep how, how do we maintain our clients? Mm-hmm. Now a lot of a lot of our clients will come to the gym or they'll start training because they want to look better. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they've once they've been in for a while, they continue to train because it makes them feel better. And that's that's the sort of message that, that comes across. Yeah, I think that's that's super important. Um, and that's great that, that you share that to your clients. Um, what would be a piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to own their own gym? So a lot of our, our listeners are, you know, aspiring gym owners. Um, what would you say to, to someone who's looking to open their own gym? Maybe something that you wish you, you could go back and tell yourself back in 2010. Well, I was quite fortunate because I, I had like a, I was going to do like mobile PT and, and outdoor PT before I started. Um, but a friend of my father's had a biz had a had a business and over the road this this um basically a room became available for rent. So straight away, I, I didn't need to do the mobile stuff. I just thought, right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to like, jump two two footed into the deep end and get this room and just and see what happens um well that that kind of would be my message make sure you can afford the outgoings of a of a facility first and if you can then get one as quick as you can yeah i think that's that's good advice very entrepreneurial to just you know see a space and just jump both feet in and and take a risk that's yeah important um well thank you so much for for sharing that with us um before we wrap things up what is your favorite and least favorite part about running your own gym? <laughs> um, my favorite part is the people that, that I work with, the clients that you get to meet, um, how you see them develop, how you see them progress, um, when you see their confidence improve, just how they feel about themselves improve. That is by far the best thing about this industry and, and what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The least favorite part is probably the business side of it, like what we've discussed today, the marketing, the advertising, the um, the constant messages, sort of 24 hours a day, seven days a week, trying to get people in, you know. I mean, I'm quite fortunate now, like say we've been running for 12 years, so we've got quite a good reputation and we get quite a lot of people through word of mouth, so I don't do as much um, sort of grinding on the social medias as I used to, or as I used to have to. Um, but yeah, that's like, that's probably the least favorite side of it is like it, ultimately the admin, you know? Yeah, I totally hear you on that. <laughs> Whenever I, I opened the bakery, I thought, you know, I would just get to, to bake all day and I would just be making cookies. But yeah. when you realize, oh no, I'm I'm making ads and I'm doing customer service and I'm writing invoices and like this much of my day is baking. So <laughs> totally hear you on that. <laughs> Yeah, mopping the mat, cleaning the floors, all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Not on glamorous side, but yeah, it's all worth it in the end for sure. It, it is. Do you know what? It's it for me, I've worked in let's say I've worked in retail, I've worked in finance. Um 
the the fitness industry is for me it's the best place to work because of the benefits to to your clients um but the, the freedom that it gives you as well do you know what i mean the um the sense of achievement as well I, I wouldn't work in any other industry despite the the difficulties we're going through um i'm quite fortunate to do what i do for a living absolutely yeah i think i think it's um important that we give gratitude to the service that we're in um, the industry that we're in because yeah it really does change lives um that's my favorite part about working yeah. in the industry yeah for sure 100 um yeah well Stu, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today um i really appreciate you coming on here um tell us where can we find you what is your social media facebook instagram website all that good stuff yeah. armageddon fit on instagram and armageddon fit um strength and conditioning academy on facebook and you have a website or should we go through facebook and instagram facebook and instagram is the, the best okay. ones we did have a website but the hosting company went down and we've lost our, our website that's just last week's um fiasco mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna have to get a new website built and everything no worries awesome well everyone check out armageddon fit on facebook and instagram again thank you so much Stu, for being on the show today i really appreciate it um you had great insight for our listeners thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure yeah. Awesome. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Boards out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.